Hello and welcome to the Lancet Digital Health Podcast. I am Rupa Sarkar, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal. We are going to be talking about a viewpoint published in the Lancet Digital Health this month about feminist intersectionality. I'm delighted to be joined by the first author, Dr. Caroline Figueroa. Caroline is a postdoctoral scholar at UC Berkeley in the US and is currently practicing medicine at Utrecht University. She has a medical degree and a PhD from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and her current research interests are on digital interventions for depression, with an emphasis on developing cutting-edge innovations that tailor to the needs of the underserved populations. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for the invitation. No worries. So can you tell me a bit more about you, your background, and what motivated you and your colleagues to write this viewpoint? Yeah, so I work for the Digital Health Equity and Access Lab at UC Berkeley. I'm also a medical doctor. I'm really interested in using digital health in clinical settings and also, as you mentioned, reaching underserved populations. And the motivation for this was really the notion that my co-authors and I had that currently digital health field is disadvantaging women and especially women from marginalized backgrounds, including women of color, women with low incomes. And this problem was already present, but with COVID-19, the urgency to talk about this increased because of the gender inequality that surged with the COVID-19 pandemic. And this includes domestic violence against women, unemployment rates, increased care that's taken up by women, household chores. These are all factors that worsen women's health. And at the same time, there's a big boom in digital health. So mobile apps, text messaging for health, telemedicine. But these interventions were not specifically focusing on women. So we found that this is really a missed opportunity because digital health can reduce face-to-face care barriers that women endure more than men, things like childcare, household chores, time. It can empower women through accessing their health data. It can also relieve the high workload for healthcare workers who are lower status or more often female, low-income women of color. So there's all these opportunities, but there's not a lot of development in the area of women's health. And as I said, especially Marginalized groups like women of color and women uh, with low incomes are still underrepresented. So we wanted to write this paper to highlight this problem and that it needs to change, but also to give some recommendations for researchers on how to tackle digital health gender inequities. Fantastic. Can you tell me a few of the solutions that you've proposed? Who needs to action them and what progress should look like? Yeah, definitely. So... The paper really identified uh, globally four different problems and then solutions that we propose. So the first is underrepresentation. So in high income countries, women do use health apps more often than men, but women from marginalized backgrounds, like women of color, are still underrepresented. So what we propose is that researchers designing and testing digital health really need to include marginalized groups, like racial or ethnic minority women, uh, into app design and testing. 
And this can be through, also through co-creation. So really having people um, co-create digital solutions, citizen science, so non-researchers setting research agenda and health priorities. And researchers should also think about the access to technology and skills of their participants to make sure that everyone can use their technology. And then the second problem that we identified is increased vulnerability to security breaches. So you can imagine that apps collect a lot of sensitive data and some women are more vulnerable to privacy breaches than others. And you can think of intimate partner violence, for example, abusers that access uh, women's phones and uh, look at sensitive data that apps collect or even install spyware. So researchers really need to inform participants of risks and then also be even more vigilant in protecting people's data if they know that participants are at higher risk. So that's the second point. And then the third point is biases in apps. So our uh, analysis showed that a lot of health apps have biased design, meaning that, for example, they include stereotypical female things like hearts and flowers, but also show white, thin female bodies and not everyone will identify with that. So some people will feel excluded. And also there are some biases in AI that can lead to faulty decision-making of, of these apps. So really we need to think about how can we use, for example, human-centered design to help determine how we can avoid these biases. We provide some tools for gender-sensitive design and also some ideas about refusing to use artificial intelligence if maybe some of the harms could outweigh the benefits. And then the final point is really the leadership. So our analysis showed that there's really are some problems when it comes to digital health leadership in the sense that women are underrepresented in, for example, the private sector, but also in academia. But the number of women of color is even lower. So we really need to empower women and portray the work of women in digital health, especially women of color, and give them recognition for their work. And this can include things like less author publications in academia, commentary papers, public speaking opportunities, and funding, of course. And also there's a role for medical institutions that can offer medical education courses that can discuss digital health technologies for women and using this intersectionality framework. So those are some of the problems and recommendations that we propose to um, tackle this problem. Wonderful. That's a really nice summary of the viewpoint. The viewpoint itself, and you also mentioned that it focuses on high-income countries. Is this a US problem? Is this a high-income problem? Or is this more global? Yeah, this is a, really a, a global problem. We did focus on high-income countries because the solutions that we proposed had to be specific mm -hmm. to those countries. But these are definitely problems that are global. Gender inequity is uh, a global problem. I think definitely some of the solutions that we proposed could be taken to a broader context. 
And obviously digital health is a very broad area. Yeah. What areas do you think that we focus on and, and use some of your proposed solutions in first? Yeah, I think some of the areas this paper focuses mainly on things like mobile health. So uh, the use of health apps that can help people self-manage their symptoms, track their symptoms. And this could also be a way for clinicians to monitor how their patients are doing. And then, of course, telemedicine, helping people still communicate with their doctors. So it's really a way for people to take care of their own health and to have better communication with their doctors. Yeah, and you mentioned COVID-19 at the beginning, that this has really sort of showed the disparity in what we were seeing in healthcare, but also in digital health. So how can some of your solutions be used to tackle some of the problems in, in COVID-19 and, and the digital health field that we're seeing now? Yeah, for COVID-19, there is, of course, the well, one of the reasons that digital health has grown is because it's harder to do face-to-face care. Mm-hmm. So if you can provide ways that people can still be in touch with their doctors and take care of their health, then that's a big opportunity. Of course, you know, digital health has come into its own with COVID and the use of contact tracing apps, for example. Are there any issues here that you see that could that could cause inequalities or inequities? Well, if these apps that are being designed or these interventions that are being designed are only designed for a specific group of people, which is what we saw is a problem. So right now, the, the most of the people that use apps are white, young, highly educated mm-hmm. individuals. That means that a whole large group of people is being left out, including those who need the care the most because they have worse health. Mm-hmm. So if we don't include include them, then we'll only increase health inequities. Mm. So like you said, it's more about the leadership, more about including the patient perspective and, and bringing yeah. involved in the, in the development process as well as the sort of rollout. Fantastic. So one of the things in the, in the viewpoint that I, I thought was um, really interesting was your proposed solutions about um, improving intersectional gender analyses. So I guess in reporting of, of data, um, you know, we can't know the extent of the problem unless we have a record of it. And I was just wondering if you could just sort of summarize and expand on some of the solutions that you talked about in the, in the paper. You mentioned the SEGA guidelines and the Croden guidelines. Um, I was just wondering if you could just give us a brief overview of how these um, tools can be used to improve reporting. Yeah, so one of the things that we found is that when researchers report the outcomes of their study, they may report the number of male, female, but they don't report any disaggregated analyses. So that's one thing that researchers can do is data disaggregation. So reporting also uh, by income, education, race, ethnicity, and gender, so that you have more information about who benefits from your intervention and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
that's one thing you can do, but there's also some questions that you should ask yourself when you're proposing research or analyzing research, which relate to intersectionality. And that can be things like, what is the importance of gender in my research? And am I representing all these stakeholders, the key people that can influence my research and that can benefit from the research? What is the participant societal context that can influence how well my intervention is going to work? So there's there are some tools that we put in a paper that can really help people reflect on intersectional differences in health and how digital health can think about those intersectional differences and be most effective. That's fantastic. So I think with that, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. To our readers, please check out The Viewpoint by Caroline and colleagues in the newest issue of The Lancet Digital Health. The title is The Need for Feminist Intersectionality in Digital Health. And thank you again for listening. Mm -hmm.